Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hello, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. This episode sponsored by Lollipops. That's right. <laughs> it's the first lollipop that tastes like poop. Yay. It's the Lollipop. Dry January is going great. Yeah. In no way am I half weed. <laughs> we have another fantastic episode for you all. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to talk about the creepiest moments that took place at Davos, oh Switzerland. All the world's most powerful people having the world's most boring time. Mm. But it does matter, and we're going to discuss it. We're also going to talk about the culture war. It looms large in legislation, which is unbelievably Ooh. unfortunate. Mm. It's one thing when people... People are fighting on Twitter, but it's another thing when they have House bills and Senate bills and governors pushing legislation that they have no business whatsoever being involved in. But before we get to all of that, let's discuss President Joe Biden and marijuana. They go hand in hand, (laughs) and perhaps Joe Bob was a little bit stoned Uh when he recently called a burger joint. Mm. Joe Biden, he ordered takeout from Ghost Burger Mm. in Washington, D.C., on Tuesday, yes, this is news because I am just surprised he eats orally. Sure, yes. <laughs> hey, can I get this burger in a straw? <laughs> hey. Co-founder of the pandemic uh, startup Josh Phillips and his wife Kelly arranged for their employee, Brittany Spatty, to take the call. <gasps> yes, indeed. Spatty was quite nervous at 1 p.m. when Joe Biden called. She says, I got a little starstruck when I answered the phone, and I'm normally not like this. Sounds like a real spatty to me. She said of the call, I heard the voice, and I'm like, no way, no way, no way. And then Mr. Biden continued to speak to her in a way that only Joe Biden can. He ordered a single ghost burger with bacon. Oh, yum. No cheese. Okay. And no spooky sauce. No spooky sauce, so just a burger He's then. old. You know, it's too spicy. I can't handle the spooks right now. <laughs> yes. Listen Hey, Brittany. The CIA, they might want to kill you. Perhaps Brittany, it's CIA sauce. Brittany, it's great to talk to you there at Ghost Burger. I'm glad we got you out of Russia safe and sound. Well, I'm not Brittany Griner. Hey. No, she's in the WNBA. I work I at Ghost you. Burger. We worked hard, and I'm glad you're serving me a burger. I will take a Ghost Burger. With no ghosts and no burger. <laughs> okay, so just, just a bun, a, just a bun just Mr. A bun, Biden. But ground it up, put it in a strawberry shake, and no bun in that shake. <laughs> Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris later enjoyed their burgers in the White House mm. and posted a photo on Twitter. Aww. That's so cute. So he got his little ghost burger. I am just going to tell Mr. Biden this. Yes. Do you need the bacon, Mr. Biden? Bad for the heart, bad for the piggies, mm. dare I say. Say, try the spooky sauce next time. I made it myself. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's a lollipop. <laughs> oh, no. I love this. I love I, my, one of my favorite shows, The Secret, not Secret Millionaire. What is it? See, undercover Boss. Ooh, and yeah, so this yeah. is a little bit Undercover Boss, except he was up front. But yeah. I like that. He, you know, it's very, he's a man of the people. He, he sure is. This is, no. 
No. no? Okay, no. we're going oh, with no. Okay. I got a yes. William no. Jefferson Clinton. Uh, that was a man. He'd go into a, a McDonald's. He'd order everything on the menu. He'd get everything on the menu. Daryl Hammond gave a great impression of him. That was on Phil Saturday Hartman. Night. You're Phil thinking Hartman. of Phil Hartman, yeah. Phil Hartman the did Warlords. a great impression yeah, yeah. of him on Saturday Night Live. And everyone <laughs> said, Bill, look at him. He's a man of the people. He fucks his interns just like he works at the ABC <laughs> Morning Show, too. And he also eats McDonald's. So I'm almost going to say this. If you're Joe Biden... You want to relate to the working class? I ain't never heard no ghost burger. And I'll tell you one thing: if I am going to get a ghost burger, I'm getting that spooky sour. Oh. No, I'm pushing back. He's okay. supporting local business, mm-hmm. and then what? What we're in unprecedented times where right. you Uber, you got to Uber Eats, you get sure, the, you know. Right. The, so he's doing. He's he's he, ordering directly from the supplier. Yeah, but he didn't get the one thing that they. He just got a burger with bacon. He could have gotten the baconator What's from it? Wendy's. You got to try the spooky sauce. Last time I ordered a ghost burger, there was no burger. It was invisible. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Biden, uh, you ate it already. I put the papers in my garage. <laughs> yeah, I This is know. a geriatric man. The last thing he wants is a sauce called ghost sauce. Imagine the blow the blowout oh, he'll have sure. Oh, yeah. Well, like Ben said, the bacon is going to do a number as well. Jill, Jill, get in here. There's bacon stuck in my... Stuck in my Colon again. I believe <laughs> that is. Out. I believe that is where it stays. Look at that ghost. <laughs> so he posted on Twitter today. The VP and I ordered our lunch from Ghost Burger DC, one of the 10.5 million small businesses that apply that have applied to start during our administration. Truly, in a serious note, fantastic small businesses are the backbone mm-hmm. of America, mm-hmm. and it is nice that he is promoting Ghost Burger DC. Although, because he did do that, I'm sure a person with a shotgun is going to walk oh, in there no. and say, where are the kids? <laughs> oh, no. What is the spooky sauce? <laughs> it's spooky sauce gate. <laughs> he goes on to say, if you miss the news, ketchup. That's the most in a two-year period ever. I don't know what I don't know that he's means. talking about. He's talking I'm about. I'm going to need ketchup uh, from two years ago. Give me he's, two-year-old ketchup. He says, more proof that our economic plan is working. I, he just got a burger. I don't know if this is yeah. really well, if this is really a great indicator of an economic upturn. Right. But nonetheless, he was able to get a burger, and they're eating it at a table, and it looks like 1989's Batman. Oh, where they're eating way far. It's a long table. When Michael Keaton is on a date with that beautiful Kim woman, Kim Bassinger, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. says... Pass the salt. Mm-hmm. Pass the salt. All the way okay. down at the other end. I I have a question about that ketchup pun. Do you think he wrote it, or do you think like someone else like wrote that? It for doesn't him? make oh. any sense. Well, so it he does. He may be... have wrote that. No, no. He, he's saying there two point. I'm sorry, ten point five small businesses opened during the pandemic. If you missed the news, catch up. Like catch up. Because, I know. Uh... I get the fucking pun. <laughs> it's not. I understand hold on, the pun. Hold on. Hold on. Because that's hold the on. most in a two period ever. A oh. two year period ever. Hold on. I didn't. I didn't want a pun with my burger. <laughs> You didn't want anything with your burger except for bacon. That's right, buddy. Catch you up. <laughs> so he eating a burger from Ghost Burger, smiling with the vice president, is more proof <laughs> that our economic plan is working. Is working. I will say one thing uh, in terms of his predecessor. Remember Donald Trump, like you're saying, Bill Clinton would go to McDonald's. Donald Trump would order McDonald's for lunch every day, but he, he gave it to all he the did it anonymously. Remember, you they, have to, yeah, because he would be like he would have a, a staffer order it, and they, you know, because then he didn't want it to be a poisoned burger. I agree. Bro, Mm -hmm. they definitely had a person with the Secret Service in there when they made this phone call. Oh, absolutely. They made sure that the spooky sauce wasn't full of dookie sauce, if you know what I mean. (laughs) There was no piss in these pickles. He's like an ant queen. He'd have a royal tester. I mean, our presidents presidents have to have a royal tester. Oh, they do. They do. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm here to apply for that job. (laughs) Oh, Ben, you do so good. Yes, indeed. This has spooky sauce on it. Get back there. (laughs) <laughs> Biden asks Ghostburger, he says, how's business at Ghostburger? And Spatty says, pretty good. And then uh, <laughs> Spatty said after hanging up with the president, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm shaky. So Aww. there you go. It's a, a sweet moment, but again, not an indication 
of how the economy is going because we are in a recession. If they don't tell you that we are, they are lying. Mm. It's happening. It's $10 for a dozen eggs in New York right now. Gas prices have gone down a little, but they are still way too high. And if you are a family of five, I spend with Michael, uh, my little foster brother who's staying with me, we spend at least 200 bucks at the Ralph's just for us to Mm -hmm. imagine if you have a family, that's a $500 grocery bill, what, every three weeks? So it's a little bit of a misnomer that our president ordered from a burger place and he's like see it's, it's a little north korean to- it's a little kim jong-un yeah, yeah, where it's I, like I see i got I spaghetti why are you are you fucking suffering the economy's doing great i got spaghetti and meatballs from fazoli's that spaghetti's got spooky sauce all over it jail it was a photo op, you know, they posted it on the gram after, Of you know. course, Spazzy says, it definitely seemed like you wanted to have a conversation. Aww. Maybe a little more. Oh, my. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I smell your hair. Mr. President, kept, kept sniffing the phone. <laughs> they say, like I said, I was very, I guess, nervous. My nerves got to me. I was just like, okay, have a great day. No Aww. question if she answered. No, uh, no answers if she questioned him about the secret documents that were <laughs> hidden next to his fancy ass Corvette. Yeah, give me the spooky sauce because I can't have secret sauce anymore. They say mm. I can't keep it in my garage. Right. So nonetheless, it's a great day to be a White House restroom. Mm. One of the reasons why Joe Biden may have ordered a sandwich from Ghost Burger is because he's stoned to the bone. Oh. This is actually a good story, and this is, of course, why the legalization of marijuana is not just about hippies getting high so they can drive a little slower. Hey, man. It's because we have a massive epidemic with codeine, with opioids. Mm-hmm. People are dying all around us mm-hmm. as pharmaceutical companies make bank the sanger family still needs to be held accountable for what they did in the 90s with the marketing of oxycontin anyone who lives in places where especially florida for example mm, where right. the epidemic really hit home as doctors were getting kickbacks by pharmaceutical companies They know why it took so long for marijuana to get legalized or at the very least decriminalized at a federal level and legalized in many states across the country. It's because they were, ooh, I don't know, legislating and um, working with Congress in order to make sure it stays illegal because otherwise people won't be addicted to our drugs. I want to correct you. It wasn't working. It was lining their pockets with money. Mm. Yes, it was. However, states that implemented recreational cannabis laws through 2019 saw a lower demand demand for prescription codeine. I can't believe it. How shocking. The mm-hmm. thing that we all knew was going right. to happen happened. Yes. And again, the people that hold the power, the people that speak in the ears of all the elected officials are probably fairly upset about this until, of course, they get a piece of that weed pie, which naturally they will at some point. Mm. Data showed a 26% reduction in pharmacy-based distribution of codeine in 10 states plus Washington, D.C. Well, after the laws had been put in place for four years, pharmacy-based distribution of codeine fell by as much as 37%, which is absolutely fantastic. Right, and it's not just the sales. I remember talking about this when I ran for governor of Ohio in 2018. We had a huge opioid crisis back then. We were number two in the country on opioid deaths at that time. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Yes. It's everywhere. Working class places where people get hurt at the job that they do. Uh Exactly. But states that had recreational marijuana or just ample medical marijuana laws where they don't over-restrict it in terms of how you can access the medical marijuana, they had 25% less deaths in those states. And so it was just, again, a simple solution where you're giving folks a safer drug to deal with their pain. It's almost like it was like growing here. Oh, it's almost like natural. (laughs) Weird. But like then how do we how do we trademark that? How do I control it? Well you've already you've already commoditized water, so I'm sure Mm. they can figure out how to do it with the plant. Only I could own the dirt. Safer is the key word for me because again, people don't die of marijuana overdoses. No. And codeine, you you know, you play you 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 go in and steal your grandma's pill from the medicine cabinet and Mm. you could literally die from that. Absolutely. And it's a horrible it's just a horrible life because most of your day is spent in withdrawal. 
Yeah, yeah. In, until pain. You f- in pain. In pain. Until you finally get it, and then when you get it, you end up in your underwear in some random townhouse Ugh. in South Florida, and then the cops are at the door, and you're just like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what happened. You know, again, meanwhile, marijuana, you know, use it. It can mess. It, it, it will mess you up. Yeah. It'll make you stoned. Yeah. yeah. That's the whole point. But I don't think people are going through the extreme or to the extremes right. in order to possess it, unless, of course, it uh, is highly illegal. In which case, the war on drugs creates crime yes. in itself. Ah. According to author Coleman Drake, he says among prescription opioids, codeine misuse is especially high. Oh. He says uh, the findings suggest quote recreational cannabis use may be a substitute. For codeine misuse, I don't know why we still need studies on it, but I am happy that the studies continue because obviously one of the arguments against legalizing marijuana was that uh, it's going to turn the frogs gay, (laughs) was that it was going to lead to mass chaos. And as we see, it obviously has not happened. Right. And all the studies that are done on these specific topics, marijuana versus painkillers, pain medicine, it's usually private entities because the government has restricted, it's made it illegal for the government to do sponsored studies on Mm -hmm. marijuana and what it can do to help people like veterans, for example. Absolutely. And I could be wrong about this, but I'm fairly certain marijuana was made illegal by rope companies who did not want to have competition with him. It was DuPont. It was, it was DuPont, DuPont in the 30s. Correct. Yeah, your yes. very first marijuana law started to roll out right conveniently about the time when marijuana and hemp plants were very popular and they were slowly replaced with chemical plants. And so they say, just for public health, this okay. is for public health, Chris Christie telling me what I can and cannot ingest into my body, this obese motherfucker who mm-hmm. can't even fit yeah. in the fattest sports clothes, baseball. <laughs> he when, ordered all the spooky sauce. He did order all the spooky sauce and I think it's in his underwear right now (laughs) this man rejecting a a child who suffered from seizures uh, he rejected her ability to get marijuana Uh, thc this fat piece of shit (laughs) is just a uh, prime example of the hypocrisy in Mm -hmm. government Mm -hmm. when we have these out of shape morons telling us no it's for your own health I think I'm good buddy I'm going to trust myself over you thanks (laughs) right Chris Christie a charge of the Department of Health hello what that's also why New Jersey had some of the most restrictive medical marijuana laws there are only four dispensaries in the entire state when they first rolled it out I think it's improved since then now that you have Democrats in charge of the the system well he was in in a big bed with pharmaceutical companies oh yeah Uh, hopefully he rolls over on them like fatty Arbuckle and kills (laughs) them. So in 2021, a misuse of prescription opioids contributed to nearly 13,500 overdose deaths in the United States. And of course, that's not even counting what happens to your liver. It can also aid and abet in early death. What happens just to your body as a whole? You know, it can ruin your life economically. Maybe you end up in prison. That's just death. Mm, There's a lot of other horrible things. Next thing you know, you're like, that copper wire looks pretty good for resale. <laughs> You're underneath somebody's house chopping da- chopping out all, yes. pipes. Getting all their copper pipes. How did I get here? Oh. It's not because you smoked a joint, I'll tell you that. This is the real gateway drug. When they talk about marijuana being a gateway drug, the most you're going to do is go you end up at In-N-Out. If if you know you play it safe, <laughs> exactly. Whoa, Go to Ghostburger. But Can I with, just get a bucket of spooky sauce? <laughs> but if a few pills aren't enough, you're gonna go start doing some crazy no, stuff. You're absolutely, absolutely right. Um, I had to go to a funeral uh, for a guy I played high school football with mm. back in Ohio in 2018 as well, and it was because he had so many football injuries in high school. That's oh. when they first started giving him the pills. Yep. He got addicted, and yeah, that's well, where he ended up. You you make a fantastic point. There's no age limit on opioids. Mm. Right. They oh, they hand him out. Student athletes, easy, yeah. Yes, indeed. According to study author Shyam Rahman, they say a reduction in the misuse of opioids can save lives. Our research indicates that recreational cannabis laws substantially reduce distribution of codeine to pharmacies and overlook potential benefit to legalizing recreational cannabis use. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. 
Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. My question is, how long is it going to be until the eighth of weed that you buy at your local dispensary is brought to you by Pfizer? Oh, mm. Lord. When it's the Merck. When oh, it's the Merck no. Sativa. Oh, no. They're going to get into it. You well, know that. tobacco companies, they're the ones who are really trying to control it because they already own all the farms to grow tobacco, so they're trying to capitalize on owning all the farms to grow marijuana. They are really the ones who are pushing back on full legal uh, marijuana in a lot of these states. Yeah. So together with codeine, these prescription opioids account uh, for more than 90% of the average annual distribution of pain medications. Wow. So this is a real big deal, and it's a positive thing. Of course, we just need to legalize it federally, and I still don't understand from a political perspective why you don't just do it. I thought that dumpy dumb shit Donnie was going to do it on the day before the elections last time. Oh, mm. sure. Because it's such a political winner. Right. Your I, grandma does it now. I think you answered your own question, though. Pfizer. I mean, there's a they still haven't built- A lot them. of corporations. Yeah, the corporations still haven't built their infrastructure, mm-hmm. and they don't have their control on- Of it yet. Of it yet. Right. And yeah. when that is passed, then we'll see it move away from Schedule 1, because then right. they have that safety net of the money's going to go right where they need it to go. Right. right now, that's why we still have the situation in New York, where there's still illegal shops, right. because they don't have a way to tax them properly. Or They're all cash businesses. Exactly. Yeah, there was actually a bipartisan effort at the very end of last year- called the SAFE Act, which was supposed to allow these businesses to access just banking capital because they're all banking in the dark right now with cash-only businesses. And obviously, uh, it went nowhere. It went nowhere. Of course, banking in the dark, a hot new dating show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Is that your cat? Is that a roll of nickels or are you just... uh... Spooky sauce. Matt Schlapp, get out of here. Whoa! <laughs> I've been slapped. Overall, the data suggested that increased legal access to cannabis may shift patients away from opioids. This is according to co-author of the study, Johanna Catherine Macklin mm. of George Mason University. Mm. They say, well, all substances have some risks. Yes. Cannabis use is arguably less harmful to health than the non-medical use of prescription opioids. As uh, Fernando alluded to, when it comes to legalization, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to go swimmingly. New York City continues to have a downturn of lifestyle and happiness. The NYPD has said there's more than 1,300 illegal marijuana stores selling pot without a license. It does show you this has never been about public health, public safety, but more about public money going to the government. According to Senator Liz Krueger, I admit, I don't think we ever talked about this scenario happening. Uh, <laughs> what? 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 what did you think was going to happen? Wait. Senator Krueger worked on the state's recreational marijuana legislation for seven years. Whoa. Wow. Uh, well, what if now <laughs> if we legalize it, are people going to sell it? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> she admits the Democrats never accounted for such an expansive illegal market to pop up while the legal market was still being rolled out. You had seven years. Yeah, wow. Why didn't you have all of these things in uh. place? They're only, air quotes, illegal because you don't have any, air quotes, legal yes. places to get yes. weed. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. What a bunch of idiots. Kruger, don't fall asleep thinking about her, (laughs) says, Did we know there would continue to be an illegal market even as we rolled out and grew a legal market? Yes. But I don't don't think we saw anything like this happening in the other states where there was almost an organized come on in and just start opening all these stores. 
There were some outside factors, however. Mm. Once the recreational marijuana bill was passed, Governor Cuomo failed to appoint anyone to the Office of <laughs> Cannabis Management. Oh, imagine that. He was really? too busy getting a goddamn uh, book deal right. and mm. an Emmy for his stupid television performances about COVID as he sent thousands of elderly people to die in nursing homes. Kruger expanded on her thoughts. He made it clear he had no intention of letting it move anywhere or hiring anyone to start the agency. Right there. What? Yikes. God, I hate the Cuomos. <laughs> I'm Italian. Hey. Rick I, I can't even I can't even play Mario anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kruger says He's Sicilian. Is know. that no, right? I'm Sweet. Just a Sicilian plumber. Well, what's with all <laughs> Yeah, you can imagine. Why why is all the cilantro in my toilet? Okay. I'm not even sure if Sicilians like cilantro. I think salami is what you There you go. Kruger says it wasn't until Governor Hochul took office at the end of August 2021 that the ball got rolling on the recreational market of marijuana. So I'll give Hochul a small amount of credit, a smidge, even right. though I think she's a colossal failure as a governor. At this point, I don't see uh, her approval ratings are in the weeds in New York State. Mm. Again, is economically suffering unbelievable amounts. If you have a chance to... You know, just drive from New York City. We had to go do a show up in Ithaca. Yeah. Ooh. And you drive through the towns in New York State. Mm. They're burned down. Oh, Like, dear. no joke. Oh, it's no, just like bad. a It's a ghost burger ghost town, Whoa. dude. There's a lot of spooky sauce there. <laughs> spooky. Coming from your uncle. But anyway, <laughs> Kruger goes on. But that still sincerely probably puts us a step behind about eight or nine months before we could ever start anything what what is wrong with them every other place can do this why can't new york state figure this out it's mm. not that difficult you give licenses right. and then the people open up stores yes. people go in yes. they buy the product yes. it's the same thing as if you got into shoes right yes. right well i mean again in terms of states that legalized it and did it right i mean washington and colorado still are the benchmarks like i mentioned earlier new jersey rolled it out all wrong even here in california when they first fully legalized you know they were one of the first states that have medical access but when they fully legalized the system was so bad that people just kept going to their illegal dealers who would deliver everything on mm -hmm. a bike i mean that's yeah. just how it was for years until california finally made the system pretty much approachable for a consumer and we have talked about this on previous episodes the war on drugs does continue if it's you have an orange wrong. county grow and it's illegal they burn that shit yes. right down and you get detained and arrested because again it's all about money and none of this stuff should have been um, made illegal in the freaking first place because again to be hyper cliche it grows from the freaking ground yeah it's like all of ours yeah so, Kruger says that she realizes that they need to make it easier for cops to crack down on these shops. What? Which is not the problem. No. These shops are there out of necessity. Yes. And aren't these supposed to be the same people that are going to get the licenses first? Yes. Literally, just have an accountant go with a police officer, show up, and just set them up. Set just, them up, yeah. Just set them up right there. It's that easy. Yeah, send a police officer with paperwork. <laughs> Literally. They're, they're also doing this New York City thing where it's like you can't have beer and wine and oh, liquor yeah. sold at the same time. California's the same So place. you can't have tobacco, or and I believe, yeah, you can't have tobacco and marijuana. <laughs> What's going to happen if they mix? Oh, no, it's called a spliff. It's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, no. It's so stupid and convoluted. And um, those are all, you know, two of the same words, basically. But anyway, it's going to revoke business license from shops selling tobacco. It's going to fine landlords. This is new legislation they want to put forth. It's going to fine landlords for renting to illegal businesses. Oh, my gosh. And it's going to make it easier for NYPD to seize cannabis pro uh, products. It's oh like nothing God. has changed. Dude, oh New God. York, you can report someone idling. You can report someone parked in a bike lane. And now, that illegal marijuana shop, buddy? Hey, up. Oh, hey, wow. gimme, gimme, gimme. Kruger says they need another set of steps and even a different agency to come in and take the cannabis products away. Oh, oh my gosh. God. No, just <laughs> appoint someone to handle the board. Buddy, it's uh. so stupid. <laughs> Literally, they're just going to have another agency to go take yeah. cannabis away, even though they've legalized it, but they don't have anything in place to where they have the ability to give licenses so they can legalize it. Right, because Cuomo didn't put anyone in charge of that agency. And Hochul is way behind as well. So she says, we didn't understand 
understand that the authority given certain agencies didn't apply to cannabis because there wasn't a legal cannabis question. Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> it is so infuriating. I got to be stoned to like listen to this. <laughs> you really do. Yeah. You really do. So all the data is showing it helps with opioid. It helps with the opioid epidemic. Yes. It makes a lot of money for the state. It can make a lot of money for a small business owner. Yes. And somehow New York can't figure it out. So that's liberal idiocy. Let's move on to some conservative uh, idiocy. Yay. Governor DeSantis, <laughs> speaking of overreach, one of the things Santos did in Brazil. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Governor uh, Ron DeSantis, he's facing some criticism, although I believe this is still going to go forward. He wants to get rid of the, quote, advanced placement African-American studies course from being taught in Florida schools. Hmm. Why? 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 Because it's woke. Because it teaches critical race theory. It is the dumbest thing ever. It's all a part of learning, Mm -hmm. and then you can critically think, and then you can have a better understanding of the country, Uh and then you can make better decisions, and maybe elect better politicians. Oh, now I see. Oh, I see. The DeSantis administration made the move earlier this month when it sent a letter to the co- This is also college, this by the way. This is college, yes. This right. is college. This isn't about the kids. Also, we're going to get into some transgender laws. Right. Um, again, overreach, to say the least. Mm-hmm. It's not about the kids. Mm-hmm. It's about adults uh-huh. going to college. Yes, sir. So he sent a letter to the College Board of Florida Partnership arguing that, quote, the content of this course is inexplicably contrary to Florida law and significantly lacks educational value. Mm. It's just fucking African-American studies. We all took these classes. Yeah. It's called learning. It's called history. It's called history. (laughs) And even, I mean, the thing is It's called learning about Black Wall Street. This isn't even a a class that's mandatory. This is AP African American Studies. So this is a college level course. You have to choose to take this class. And it probably only applies to very specific degrees. Mm -hmm. But my my issue with this is it's such a slippery slope. Now he's messing with college degrees. What's next? He's not going to let TV shows? I mean, me and Ben just had a great conversation with one of my heroes, Rodney Barnes. Yeah, it was, was awesome. From he, the Boondocks. Yes, he's the writer of the Boondocks. He wrote Everybody Hates Chris. These mm. are shows that were so amazing, but were very critical. You know, they had a yeah. lot of critical race theory. If you look at the definition, sure. mm-hmm. would these shows be banned? You know what? How right. would this Where is does crazy? it stop? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, also, we already why is, know. Why is it called African American Studies? Just rename it American History then. Yeah. Is that going to make him happy? Well, he, he still he's against the woke agenda. I mean, this is it's also, not woke. I know. That's Empathy. not woke. That's but that's <laughs> no, not. I, I never. I know. I know that you know, but I, it was never. They just rebranded right education. Well, and it's like um, we just pointed out. Teaching people so they learn things, so they critically think, and then they make better decisions in mm. terms of who they elect. It's almost like woke is code for educated. <laughs> woke it's, is, is uh, the, the bad way that uh, right wingers say empathy or having, you know, understanding justice mm-hmm. or understanding privilege. Right. And DeSantis also pulled money um, through the state treasury out of woke companies. He uh, was tackling Disney's woke agenda. I mean, again, it's a cultural a war run amok. A multi Basically, trillion-dollar corporation yes. in Disney. Yeah. Yes, you can't. It cannot be woke. Right. I don't even know what that term even means. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. According to Florida Senator Chevron Jones, as uh, the first openly gay senator, which is just okay. That's a good thing. It doesn't matter if they're gay or not gay. This opinion just holds true. They say Florida is doing its best to tilt the scales and shut down important, much-needed discussions of race, Mm -hmm. slavery, Mm. stolen lands, and undeniable history that have led to where we are as a society today. If you don't know where you came from, you're going to repeat the past. And we don't really want to do that. There are some good things we learn. Country, in my opinion, is a net positive. But then we have to take in the negative, and then we have to make it better. Right. Right. That's all it is. More perfect union. And learning about slavery, I just don't understand. Are they that worried that people are going to feel bad? I don't. Be like, oh, no, I felt – I had a 90 – also, this is the most – 
snowflake thing you can do. Right. We don't want our students to have 90 minutes and then afterwards they feel bad about some history in America. <sighs> it's like, no, dude. It ha- Every country has it. Right. Of all creeds. Yes. yes. Every country has yes. moments where they're just like, that's well, really bad. Uh, there, well, that yeah. was a small Ooh. blooper. Now on the scale, there was a little blooper. <laughs> it's a blooper. Yeah. Yeah. And Florida was a slave state, too. So it's, it's absolutely critical even just understanding that state's history and its involvement in this country and the role it played. Well, this is, again, according to uh, Chevron Jones, Governor DeSantis' whitewashing of history and book bans are his latest assault on American history and our First Amendment rights. Horrifyingly... It is our vulnerable and underrepresented students who will suffer the most as a result. Mm. According to a Quinnipiac Quinnipiac University poll, it found that only 27% of Americans felt the U.S. history taught in schools reflects an accurate account of the role of African Americans in the country. The new advanced placement course, which is currently a pilot program in 60 schools nationwide, uh, had been in the works for over a decade. Wow. So they didn't just wake up one day and right. they're like, let's do it. It's a whole key component of American yes. history that they just don't. And then, of course, probably still teaching about Columbus and uh, mm, a whole exactly. bunch of other stuff that isn't real. Right. Well, and, you know, Florida, as we covered on a couple of shows ago, obviously this is a college issue, but they've got a shortage of teachers, the most in the country. 9,000 teacher what? positions unfilled. And now they're trying to put military veterans into those roles instead. And keep in mind, DeSantis also had the don't say gay bill that he tried to throw at all these teachers and children. So it's the education system in Florida, dare I say, going down the tubes. I mean, uh, Congressman uh, Santos. George Santos. George Santos. Anthony Devalda. Anthony Devalda. He's he's against gay rights. He's he's all about the anti-gay, don't say gay bills. He's obviously gay. Maybe DeSantis is black. <gasps> oh! Does wow. he go home at night and unzip? Oh my God! Wait, I don't, is that how you do it? You unzip? I don't know. He unzips and whips out a big old dong. Oh my God! That's the ghost sauce. According to Ivory Toldson, the NAACP Director of Education, Innovation, and Research, this is what they say: Ron DeSantis's flippant dismissal of an AP African American Studies course is not only only a dereliction of his duty to ensure equitable education for all Floridians, but shows clear disdain for the lives and experiences that form part of our national history. And I guess I want to add what AP courses were not affected by this uh, this anti-woke agenda. The AP European history course, the ah. AP art history course, the ah. AP Japanese, German, Italian, and Spanish language courses mm. were unaffected. Interesting. Oh, so interesting, interesting how the um, African-American studies one was. Right? It's mm. almost like they don't vote for him in mass, so he doesn't like them, so then he wants to punish them for not supporting and him. And then that's why he also gerrymanders the congressional districts so they don't represent black people accurately. Mm. The children, uh, boys. It's the children. It's, it's the really children. Don't say gay. Thank Thank you. It's really unbelievable that this is a man who is the governor of one of the most powerful states in the country, whether you want to believe it or not. It is what it is. And this is what he is freaking focused on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know. This is what DeSantis had to say. He says, Florida is number one in education freedom, and we rank <laughs> number one in parental involvement in education. Well, it's fucking college, so mom and dad stay out of it. Yeah. Send me a check. He goes on to say, we must ensure school systems are responsive to parents and to students, not partisan interest groups. And we must ensure that our institutions of higher learning are focused on academic excellence and the pursuit of truth, Mm. not the imposition of trendy ideology. He is literally (laughs) trendy ideology and a partisan interest group. Yeah. Learning about American history. What a trendy ideology. That's trendy. (laughs) It's trendy. You know how trendy, you know how all the kids are just like, you know, talking about their AP history classes at school. <laughs> yeah. Right? How cool all, it is. All TikTok is all, all about AP, AP history. history. Abraham Lincoln it. TikTok oh, dance, right? Oh, <laughs> wow. Four score and seven blunts ago. <laughs> so it's not just history. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? 
In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. History they want to erase. They all, uh, also, there are some state legislators that want to erase um, people from living the lives that they want to live. This is in Kansas. Republican leaders in Kansas. Again, Kansas, a state that is in desperate need of infrastructure reform, economic reforms, and uh, education reforms as well. Mm -hmm. The state is suffering. Um, There's a fantastic book. It's about 15 years old now. What the hell happened to Kansas, I believe it's called. Uh, Something about how they vote against their own interests. And again, Mm -hmm. that's culture war horseshit. Mm -hmm. And the latest folks in the culture war crosshairs, of course, are transgender folks. They make up a fraction of the LGBT community, which makes up a fraction of the community as a whole. So it's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. Right. And some, for some reason, these people who um, honestly kind of look like fat women, judging by, look at those two dudes. Oh, those are dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for some reason, they're obsessed. Uh, oh, yeah. Because they get the they get the ick factor from the suburbs, mm. and then boom. Or wherever. You know, I mean, transgender people are discriminated across the board. Right, right. That's one of the sad unifiers of bigots from across races right. and economic status, right? <laughs> right? We all hate that. Ugh, We're together worst. in that. <laughs> now, my brother, do I believe that slavery should be brought back? Yes. But do we also <laughs> believe that transgenders are yucky? Oh, my yes. God. Okay. Can't wait for someone to isolate that footage. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to be on SNL anymore, folks. Oh, no. He turned the frogs gay. <laughs> This new uh, Republican legislation, basically, it would criminalize gender-affirming care for anyone under the age of 21. Mm, what? So I'm pretty sure you can go fight and die for our military at 18. Okay. It's not about kids. There's another piece of legislation that goes out. I'm um, blanking on the state. Perhaps you remember it's at the age of 26. Hmm. Uh, it goes all the way to the age of 26 where you cannot uh, transition or just what? live the life you want to fucking live. At that point, you're an adult. Uh, eight years into it. Yeah. Yes. Well so into they, it. They uh, want to fuck. They're like, let's make the age of consent 12. <laughs> right. No, but you cannot. Right. Tell, it's yeah. like, it's so unbelievably demeaning yeah. and uh, and hurtful. And again, all they're doing is pointing to a small minority of a minority and pretend, and blowing it up. They're doing. They're giving it the MS thirteen treatment. Right. They're blowing it up right. and making it this massive culture war for their culture war for their own political gain. They also oppose Medicare expansion, uh, Medicaid expansion. These Republicans in Kansas right now are absolutely insane. Right, and as we've talked about before. It's all being done at the local state houses. Yes. Right. That's where the power is. Right. Yes. The federal government's one thing. You can be a member of the House and a member of the Senate, but the power really is in the local state houses. It's in the state houses, and it's not just Kansas that's bringing up legislation like this. I mean, there's stories coming out of Michigan, Ohio, North Dakota, uh, everywhere, because what we just saw in the midterms was this hyper-partisan, the gerrymandering, obviously, even state houses are gerrymandered themselves. And it's so hyper-partisan with this culture war that, yes, the first thing, I mean, we are in January of 2023. A lot of these folks have just been sworn in, like we covered with Arkansas, Mm -hmm. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and the first thing they're doing is going after their culture war agenda. And at the end of the day, it's just big government. So if you're a conservative and you're trying to limit individuals' rights, it doesn't matter who the individual is, you're doing big government run amok. This is also not what the Republican Party even used to stand for. They've right. gotten worse. Right, exactly. Uh, this article from the Kansas Reflector points out in 1978, uh, there was a Republican named Nancy Casabom. Hmm. Uh, they were pro-choice, equal rights. Uh, they supported women. And that was in 1978. Uh, this is what Casabom had to say regarding speaking with her father on some of these issues. Casabom says... Uh, My father at this point was in his 80s when talking about, again, abortion and guns and things like this. Uh, Kassebaum said, my father at this point was in his 80s and he said, abortion? Well, what business is that of the government? So we're losing that libertine or even that libertarian uh, vein in the Republican Party. And now they're just gone full religious, radical 
Psychopaths. Fascism. It's it's uh, religious fascism. Christo fascism is what some folks call it. What's crazy to me is that it's not like they're trying to stop gender reassignment of people under the age of 18, which doesn't happen, by the way. There is no gender reassignment right. of people who are not adults. What they're trying to stop is what, what they usually call puberty blockers. Uh. Which So puberty blockers are something you can start taking in your adolescence, so basically you won't go through puberty. Hmm. But the thing about puberty blockers is once you stop taking them, guess what happens? You go through puberty. Right. So it's a reversible process. So a lot of this time, well, a lot of what happens is if there's if there's a, a an issue at an ad- adolescence and the person feels that they might be transgender, you go to the doctor and they give you puberty blockers, give you time to think about the situation until you turn 18, maybe. Mm. And then as an adult, you can then consciously make the decision. You know what? I'm going to go off these puberty blockers or, hey, I'm going to continue the process of reassigning my gender. Making them wait to 21, that's even worse. Right. That's even more dangerous for their mental health. Yeah, Oof. I mean, and I, I know there's also, when it comes to puberty blockers, we have that conversation when it comes to the trans community, but also they've been used for medical reasons. Yes. Yeah. and I don't. So I don't know. I don't know what each individual is going through. I right. don't know. And right. that's why you just can't have a blanket ban. Exactly. Yeah. Does it seem like, do I want everyone to just grow up and be as natural as possible? Sure, but at the same time, I don't know. Right. Each individual, how I don't know. Right. So it's, so it's not up for the government yes. to tell exactly. somebody what to do at the end of the day right. because we have to realize it's not something that I went through. It's not something, my, my, both of my older brothers are gay, but they really like being men. Um, so I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the government, looking at the pictures of these people signing this legislation, nor do they. Right, right. Yeah, it should be a private decision made between a patient and the doctor. And if it's a minor, then obviously the parent has a role to play as well. And you think about the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision, again, conservative justices agreeing with that decision. It was seven to two in 1973. They agreed with the principle that, yes, this is a right to privacy, is a right to privacy between you and your doctor, and the government should not interject itself into that. And it's just really sad. People have been so brainwashed. There was a uh, Milan school board meeting. Now, this was not in Milan, Italy. Uh, This was in Milan. It was in Milan area schools. They are in Michigan. Mon- they're in Wash- Washington and Monroe counties, right? Mm. So there's a gal. She went up there. Her name is uh, Jamie Malcavini. And uh, she went up and she uh, was like, I'm going to show you guys how disgusting all the books are in our school, right? <laughs> and then she just read a bunch of letters from Penthouse. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And so well. it was interesting because she's up there and she's like, and then the pizza was delivered, mm-hmm. and so was his cock. Oh. And it's like, okay, ma'am, you got three minutes here. Do you want to wrap it up? I'm getting a little around. Oh, yeah, I'm right. about to make a ghost sauce myself. <laughs> oh, no. So when her three minutes are up, she held up a piece of paper and shouted, all that stuff I read right here is from Penthouse. And then she says uh, to a person holding up some books that are being read theoretically in the library in a school, which kids don't read. Um, but anyway, that doesn't matter. That's a bigger problem. Kids should be able to read anything. I've read Penthouse forums because both of my other brothers, again, being gay, they didn't like the pictures. Wow. So I actually read the most in my life when I was like 12. Wow. Impressive. I know. It was pretty awesome. And she says, all that stuff I just read here is from a penthouse. And then she says, and these books are from your school. Okay. Well, how is that okay? I don't what? know, ma'am. This is Milan. We have a lot of salami here. <laughs> yes. So uh, McElveeny told the Michigan Advance her intent was to compare passages from books in the school's library with those found in penthouse. Mm-hmm. Did which- she read anything from the school's library, though? You know, that's up for debate. She also can't read, actually. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's up for debate. She said, actually, if you watch the video, the parts I read from Penthouse were extremely mild compared to the one I read from the books. They should be ashamed that they couldn't even tell the difference between that book and the books from their their school library. Um. Ma'am, I want to thank you for buying all the penthouses, because I don't think anyone's (laughs) bought one of those in 40 fucking years. Right. But anyway, according to the Michigan Parent Alliance for Safe Schools, a grassroots group of parents from across the state that advocates for school safety, they condemned the incident. This is Mm. what they had to say. They say, under no circumstance are such books being read to children by their teachers. Yet, this person took it upon themselves to read actual pornography. 
Pornography. Pornography. <laughs> pornography. <laughs> damn pornography. <laughs> that dang pornography. Give me my ghost sauce. <laughs> Spooky sauce. Yet this person took it upon herself to read actual pornography in front of several minors who were at the meeting <laughs> oh without their parents' knowledge or permission. Impressive. The books these individuals question are typically not part of any required reading, and these parents already have the right to notify the school districts of books they do not want their children to check out. However, these parents also believe themselves to be legal experts <laughs> on what the definition of porn is, sexually explicit and obscene, or when it comes to these books. Labeling a book as such does not make it so. Removing a book prior to finding uh, that it indeed meets the merit is a First Amendment violation. So you know that you're really batshit when the Michigan Parent Alliance for Safe Schools says, you're a little too conservative for us. You're too conservative for us. And also, if you're a kid at that meeting, you're like, boy, I'm not going to hang out at the library anymore. I'm going to go check out Penthouse. (laughs) Re-freaking-diculous. So when it comes to speech also, um, there is a GOP bill it's going to again this is just this is in Arizona a state that has a lot of problems senate bill 1001 it would bar teachers from using the pronouns or names that a student requests what so what? it would bar them from acknowledge you want to be whatever i don't give I like a to shit be dave you're greg you're greg goddamn it so it would <laughs> bar them Bizarre. From trying to meet a child eye to eye in whatever phase they're going through in life so they could get an education. That's the first hurdle, right. is that you have to make the kid feel seen. That's the first day. And yeah. then it's like, <laughs> now let's learn math. Yes. Right. Please, because otherwise we're going to be caught up on all of this. Oh I don't God, care. Dude. All right, here you go. So this legislation would bar teachers from trying to relate to their students. It's unbelievable. Yeah. According to Daniel uh Trujolo, a 15-year-old trans boy, they spoke out against the bill, saying it would take away a safe space for trans students. Uh, This is what he said. He says, I couldn't imagine having to focus on schoolwork while my teachers are being my biggest bullies. Right. Right. That's it. They go on to say what what this bill does, it encourages teachers to hurt students. Just leave these people the fuck alone. Absolutely. Fountain Hills Republican Senator John Kavanaugh, who introduced the legislation, framed the proposal as a protection for students who struggle with gender dysphoria, keeping parents in the loop. Who the hell is John Kavanaugh Mm. to tell you anything about yourself? Right. Right. Stay out of it. God dang. It's tough because, especially when you're a kid, you got to stand up to bullies on the playground anyway. Mm -hmm. Right? We all had experienced that growing up. Of course. And now the bullying is coming from the adults who are showing up to the meetings, showing up to the legislature, and telling teachers, which we have a shortage of, what to do. This is according to Kavanaugh, trying to flip the entire conversation. He says... Uh, when it comes to uh, not allowing teachers uh, to uh, call a kid what they want to be called so they can teach them something, he says you don't want a kid committing suicide because parents are kept in the dark. What? Mm. So basically, if a kid is like expressing themselves in school, they got to be snitched on to yeah. their parents. Now, obviously, you want parents involved in the education of yes. children. We all know that. Yeah. But that is not what this does. Yes. According to Erica Kepler, a trans gal and co-founder of Arizona's Trans Alliance, this is what they say. No one commits suicide because they are gender dysphoric. They do it because family and society won't accept them or allow them to live right. a life that is true to themselves. That's so fascinating. Just but stop this. But Kavanaugh tries to put the spin on it, and that's what they always try to do. It's about keeping the kids safe. On public health. On public health and keeping the kids safe. Uh, no more spooky sauce. Kavanaugh said he's trying to quote imbal- He's trying to quote balance the employees' right by s- taking away their rights. Right. I don't know. I don't think he knows what that word means. He said all of society is about balancing rights. To go back to a classic Supreme Court example, I have the right to swing my fist as long as it stops at your nose. What? Uh, Which has nothing to do with what we're talking so about. Dumb. Speaking of the Supreme Court, lastly, when it comes to speech, the Supreme Court is now going to look at some key tenets of online speech. This story is going to be fascinating. We'll continue to cover this through the year as uh, all social media platforms are being politicized and uh, being demonized by all political um, 
both right, left, and middle, center. Everywhere. I don't I fucking like uh, <laughs> social media. In if you get to you can get addicted to it like anything else. Mm-hmm. I do my little Instagram. That's really all I like to dabble with. Show some pictures here or there. You're addicted. I'm a dickhead. <laughs> Even that goes to us. But at the same time, I don't think that the government should have anything to say when it comes to these private entities, mm. what they allow, what they don't allow on their websites. Get off of Facebook. Get off of Twitter. Get right. off of TikTok. Right. You have the right. You don't have to order McDonald's. You can't ban Taco Bell. Don't b- Banning things is never the answer. Haven't right. we learned banning things doesn't really work? Yeah, what, 100 years ago? Prohibition, alcohol prohibition? I think it worked real nice. Oh, glug, yeah. Glug, glug, glug. Nice thing about this, Jen, is I go fucking blind. I don't see my fat wife anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So the Supreme Court is now poised posed is now poised to reconsider the rules. Um, these rules were uh, when it comes to online speech, they apply to a few regulations to the web that were put in place in the nineties. The Supreme Court is expected to discuss whether to hear two cases that challenge laws in Texas and Florida barring online platforms from taking down certain political content. Uh, next month, the mm-hmm. court is scheduled to hear a case. Uh, that questions Section 230, a 1996 oh. statute that protects the platforms from liability for the content posted by their users. Interesting. So um, we talked about this again with our Patreon interview. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the good things about Twitter, it did give a voice to people who didn't have one. Right. And right. that's good. Yeah. Uh, it's also given, you know, voices to people who, to everybody. who suck. <laughs> yeah, bots. But there are some, yeah, a lot of bots, a lot of AI. We were just going to discuss a story, but it doesn't really fit for us where there was an AI sermon. Oh. Literally, AI is like creating sermons now. People are like, praise Jesus. It's like, no, praise the machine, please, because that's the one who created this. I don't care what's on there. The government has no right to tell you what to take off, what not to take off. Right. Technically, Elon can. He owns the dumb fucking but thing. But it's his stupid business. He can do whatever the fuck he Go wants. Go have to. fun with yeah. it. Wow. So now the Supreme Court is going to be hearing this, and if they get rid of the 1996 statute that protects the platforms from liability, then what is the platform <sighs> going to be full of other than propaganda? I don't know. Right? Hopefully. We already have so much propaganda on it. Right. It's pretty much all propaganda at this point. It will be interesting if they leak this decision ahead of time, too, but they do it on social media. Yeah. <laughs> Leaky oh, justices. It's the Alito leak. Mm. Yeah. He must have had the ghost sauce. Which, by the way, that was another update we saw, is that they investigated the leaker of the controversial Dobbs decision last year, and they couldn't find the leaker. But they also didn't interview nine key suspects. Mm. <laughs> which which nine, Travis? Which oh, nine? just, I don't know. The, the They wear robes. I think there's a clause that's like, you can't investigate anyone wearing a robe. Yeah. Um, Mr. Cavanaugh here, what if we just make these ro- robes white? Uh-huh, okay. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> I like beer. <laughs> I like my robes. Ooh, ooh, let's get hats for yeah. the white oh, robes. Oh, pointy hats. Oh. Fun. We're like I, wizards now. <laughs> I believe with all of my being, and there's a lot of it, it was Samuel Alito. You, you, it was a Kissel prediction for 2023. And I do also believe that if these, uh, I don't know if it'll happen in the House because it's a conservative court, but there needs to be serious investigations into if we should start impeaching some of these Supreme Court justices. I mean, that's I don't want to expand the court because I, 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 nine. No, no. I think nine is enough because all that's going to happen is if you. Too ex- many. I think if you expand the court, the next thing you know, there's going to be fucking ten conservatives on mm, it. Ten right. Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> because yeah, I don't yeah, really yeah. trust the uh, yeah. system that well in that. But I do think that they need to be held accountable and lifetime appointments. Maybe that's not the best I mean, idea. Yeah, not a lot of accountability here. They literally investigated everyone who works at the Supreme Court except the nine prime suspects. Congratulations, Alito. You might just get away with it. Oh, I and think he did. To me, that says everything because if it would have been someone in the the lower, anyone else, oh, they would have been found. Absolutely. Oh, yes. So, so the, they would have been perp walked like the yes. penguin. Liberty it, for me, but not for thee. Exa- they would have been made an example of, they would be incarcerated for years. Yes. Oh, it's a huge, huge deal. It was huge. unprecedented. Something like that had never happened before. Um, it's like playing Clue, but you can't investigate Mrs. Peacock, oh. Miss Scarlet, hmm. Mr. Green, well, Colonel Mustard. That's the whole game. Professor, Professor Plum, Plum and Miss White. Those <laughs> the cook, the cook did? Wadsworth, the cook. <laughs> Whoever knew the cook was involved <laughs> killed her. <laughs> that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. I mean, that hey, that's the way to guarantee that you're never found is make it impossible for anyone to investigate you. Yikes. There you go, because they did the investigation. <gasps> Who's investigating nice? the investigators? When you've got one, when you when you're pointing the finger, 
<gasps> you got four pink fingers pointing back at you. Technically, it's only three and a thumb. And it's a thumb. Because <laughs> the thumb is pointing up. Uh-huh. At Jesus. <laughs> lastly, Jesus. He's always watching. Lastly, some of the more batshit things that were happening in Davos, Switzerland. Again, a... Oh, man. This Talk place. about unaccountability. Talk about unaccountability. They're, at the, they're in the Swiss Alps. And With 2,500 sex workers, nothing to see here. Certainly uh, sound like they're skiing, uh, but not on a mountain. It sounds like they're coked out of their fucking minds. There was an entire panel on quiet quitting. Oh, because God. believe it or not, the billionaire class is really upset that people only want to do the job that they're paid for and not all of the extra things, again, mm. as they make less money as inflation rises. Um, it's really bizarre that this is something that they thought they needed to discuss, again, as we're in a global recession, as war is in, uh, is in Europe, and this is the biggest issue, is that employees are finally trying to stand up for themselves and uh, they don't like it whatsoever. As really? a matter of fact, they had an entire panel on quiet quitting. <laughs> Senator Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin, as we talked about in the last episode, high fiving over blocking Biden's agenda. It's just so disgusting. And then we have um, Chris Coons, a guy, he's a Democrat out of Delaware. Out of Delaware. And he is just, he is such a corporate fucking bitch. <laughs> Uh, he was talking about how bringing jobs back to the U.S. would be too costly. Oh God, huh? Yeah, he said uh, he said it was going to be too costly. This is according uh, this is according to um, Borg Brendy, a former conservative Norwegian politician. They say if we go too much into this notion of friend shoring or more protectionist measures, we can shave off a lot of growth globally. How far will the U.S. go in French shoring, making sure that things go to Mexico and countries that you're allied with? Amazingly, Coons acknowledged the harmful effects of unfettered free trade by saying, The reach and the scope of globalization that have caused a backlash in many of our countries, a populist backlash, certainly in, in, certainly in the United States, needed to be addressed. One of the ways to deal with some of our challenges in terms of hemisphere and migration also is to do some nearshoring to improve the job opportunities in Central America, for example, mm. because we want, and <laughs> basically he was just saying, there's some poor people in Central America we can exploit. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. And we have the poor people here, but the thing is, <laughs> we, ex- way. we exploit them over there, and then they'll be able to get their goods cheaper here. Uh-huh. So you see, it's all going to work. Everyone's poorer, uh-huh. but it's going to work out great for me. <laughs> nearshoring, farshoring, he just is poor-shoring. That's what it is. It is. Ooh. Also, in ultimate hypocrisy and irony, Henry Kissinger. What? Spoke, still alive? Still alive at 99 years. God. <laughs> Why is Bob Saget dead? Right. Oh. I was just thinking about Norm McDonald. Why is Norm gone? Right. Please, God, kill Henry Kissinger. <laughs> Henry Kissinger spoke on peace. Okay. At Davos? At Davos, because Henry Kissinger knows all about peace and how to avoid it. Henry Kissinger played a central role in the not-so-secret bombing of Cambodia, right. which killed an estimated 100,000 civilians. Uh, the man was behind basically every horrible, destructive war decision mm-hmm. of the 20th century. Oh, yeah. And, and he still advises the White House to And he day. still advises the White House, and he's talking about peace. I'm impressed he can get on a plane. You just they what do they put him in a special cage? I don't know. <laughs> you just what can't the bump around too much. Also, the Saudis came off like quote rock stars. Okay. Oh, great. Um, the entire event, people have said uh, this is according to political reporter Alex Ward. This is basically an infomercial for Saudi Arabia. Wow. Uh, so the Saudis, they are doing better than ever. Mm. And again. They're transforming Mohammed bin Salman. He's going to be a transformer. He's a reformer. Fucking bullshit. Woof. Bullshit. So anyway, that's what these assholes are doing over there. Talking about how employees shouldn't quiet quit, Mm. which literally, again, doesn't exist. I think all the sex workers over there should quietly quit in the middle and just walk out of the room. Edge them. Let's see how. Yeah, get them all edged and blue balled. (laughs) Cinema and mansion just high fiving over uh, fucking over Biden. Uh, Coons saying, "Let's go. Let's get some job opportunities in Central America." Henry Kissinger speaking about how we need peace, <laughs> which is obviously not what he wants. And the Saudis coming off like they're wonderful people. Oh, good. 
God damn, they just, they are the global version of the Clampets. Oh, the Clampets. They, they struck oil. Uh, they sure did. And now everyone is on their teeth. <laughs> yeah. They are just a bunch of rednecks, <laughs> literally, <laughs> right. who backwards ass, backwoods rednecks. People just living in the desert somewhere, yep. Found oil. Black gold. Black gold. And then boom. Now it's, they own the wealthiest people in the world. They own them in their back pocket. Absolutely. And they've got a lot of money invested in the United States economy. Yes, And don't forget do. all the military aid we give to them. That's how the war in Yemen started. Yes, indeed. Well, all right, everyone. There you go. Oh, also, Al Gore, don't worry. I know, yes, the climate, it is, it, we're, we're, it's, it's, it's heating up. He but, was at Davos. Yeah, he made $330 million. He has $330 million in his bank right now. So He made that off of climate change? Yeah, he made it off of climate change. Oh, because he was funny. Yeah, he was flying all around the world going to big events. And talking about it. Yeah, it reminds, me, it reminds me of the climate march that used to happen in New York, and then afterwards it was just full of Dunkin' Donuts Trash. plastic cups. Mm. Yeah. The best way to combat climate is don't get together. Oh. Right. Look, lower your footprint. Stay home, stay in your living room. Relax. Just lie down flat in your living room. Relax. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just, Just relax. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Take care of your footprints. Stop ruining everything. Anyway, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Hope you're doing well out there. Thanks for supporting all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network and our shows on Sirius Radio. Uh, anything else, boys? I like some spooky sauce, please. All right. Hail yourselves, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.